episode 828. We pause from our position-by-position preview series to examine the biggest storylines entering Packers training camp, now less than two weeks away. Our guest is Scott McKenna of the Talkin' Smack blog. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Carvu. And today we're talking about Packers training camp. To do that, we're joined by Scott McKenna of the Talkin' Smack blog. He's our guest on the phone. Baltar, find me another expert. One that likes me this time, okay? Scott, how are you doing this morning? I'm fantastic, Brian. How are you? Very good. On today's show, we're taking a brief pause from our position series to talk about some of the biggest storylines entering Packers training camp. Scott, uh... To, to start things off our discussion today, is there enough pass rush for this Green Bay Packers team that lost Dayton Jones and Julius Peppers in the offseason? I think that's got to be one of the elephants in the room, right? Like, it's uh, you look at this team and you look at the, the struggles that they've had over the last couple of years that have prevented them from, you know, making the, the, the Super Bowl run. It's really been pass defense. And, you know, you're really looking at a... Uh, a defense that's going to re- require, it appears, uh, the likes of Clay Matthews and and Nick Perry to get 10-plus sacks, and then beyond them, going to need to find other areas to be able to get a pass rush. And whether that's going to be Mike Daniels doing so and providing five to six sacks from the interior and coming on third down, or if it's going to be a variety of blitzes that have the players from the secondary getting home, um, you're going to need to find ways to get the uh, to, to get to the quarterback and to apply heightened pass rush uh, or pressure on the quarterback on third downs. And um, if if you were to highlight what could be at this stage for me, the number one concern on the roster, it's uh, just depth from a pass rush perspective, because as as we've seen, uh, it's it's been uh, tough to be able to count on Clay Matthews and Nick Perry being 100% healthy each and every week over the course of a 16-game season. And um, it'll be interesting to see if uh, J. Ron Elliott can find his preseason form that he had early in his career, or the, over the first couple of years of his career, I should say, uh, to see if Vince Beagle's game truly translates to the NFL. Like, you know, I think I believe it will, and, and, and others, uh, others seem to as well. And then uh, can Kyler Fackrell make that leap from year one to year two? And, and I, I think those uh, those are some big question marks that it'll be interesting to follow early in camp. Yeah, I guess uh, my opinion on the topic would be that, yes, I think there is enough pass rush if Nick Perry and Clay Matthews can stay healthy. If they don't, as they have throughout the course of their career on and off, uh, then it's questionable, uh, and I'm not sure if, if a guy like Kyler Fackrell has to start for the Packers, whether they can get consistent pressure. Uh, I hope he can, uh, but I'm just not sure he can. Um, but anyway, uh, other big storyline, Scott. It, when When is the last time you've been this excited for a batch of newcomers? Talking about the 
Packers rookie class here who I think people are are really high on, and I don't think we're alone. You know, if you, you just just look at what the team has added this year, uh, you know, you might go back to like 2006 if you do include the free agents that they signed along with the rookies where, you know, in 06 they had Woodson and they had Pickett. Uh, and then the draft class that, you know, I, I was really, really excited about with with Hawk and Jennings. And then you had the two offensive linemen in college and Spitz that you felt might be able to make an impact throughout the course of, you know, an eight to 10 year career in Green Bay at the time. And then you also, I, I frankly also really liked Willie Blackman and, and Abdul Hodge coming out of college. So I thought that they were going to be big time players for the Packers. Um, but, you know, this year, when you take a look at the overall combination, it gives just a, of, of, of veterans added and then the, the abundance of rookies that get the roster a real fresh feel. It feels like they've added a true blend of, of, of veterans throughout the roster that are going to be able to make an impact, not just, you know, in the, in the, in, out in the field, but also in the locker room to replace, uh, you know, core veteran leadership that was clearly lost last year. Um, and, it, and, you know, the, the big piece of this um, is, you know, it's, the impact just won't be, you know, it just won't be an impact this year. It'll be an immediate impact. I get the feeling. And it just, uh, you, I, I can't recall a time in recent memory to where you're feeling this excited about the roster because there's so many uh, question marks about how people are going to be used and in uh, question marks in what I guess you would say in a, in a good way. Um, and what's really been funny and interesting for me is there's been so much made about the, uh, the, 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 shift in the defense and just how people are going to be used differently on the defensive side of the ball really feel like the additions we've made on the offensive side of the ball give us great versatility and we can have a complete makeover on that side too so um, I think it's an exciting time and a lot of it is just due to the uh, even as even as a diehard fan I think there's just we're going to see a team that we, at times we don't recognize in a very very healthy good way um, early in the season. I can honestly say I'm 37 years old, and obviously I wasn't around for the Vince Lombardi years, but, I mean, I can honestly say in, in my lifetime, I have never been this excited for any rookie class. I, I just like who they got. Uh, I like how they fit in. Uh, I think they have a lot of talent and potential. Obviously, they have a lot to prove, having not even played an NFL game yet. But I've never been this excited for any rookie class before. Uh, I've been excited for rookie classes. This one just exceeds all of them, uh, you, honestly. Um, you're, you, let me jump in because, dude, that is that is so that feeling is so strong for me too. When you say like, ju- just if you're to purely look at this rookie class, Brian, uh, you, you know they have added players that you really are excited about at, at positions of need. And then what they did at running back and just uh, um, they brought in, they said there is absolutely no way we don't have a stable crop of backs that are going to be able to um, give us a running, a, a running threat, a running option playing and play out and something that's going to have to be trusted. And then the defensive side of the ball, they added players at each level that, you think can make a significant impact day one. And it just, it just, that seems, uh, and it doesn't seem like a stretch to feel that way, but 
yeah, you're right, man. This is it's a riveting time to 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 think about uh, the rookies that are about to enter the field this year. And yeah, that our pre-training camp episode here. That's that's what you're excited to watch during training camp. This rookie class, Scott. Probably one more question here before we let you go. Uh, the Packers added Martellus Bennett and Lance Kendricks uh, in the off season. They added all these new rookie running backs. The Packers have a lot of weapons on offense. In addition to the guys I haven't mentioned, Jordy Cobb, Randall Cobb, uh, Jordan Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, etc. If you're Mike McCarthy, how, how do you keep all these guys happy? Because there's there's a lot of options on that offensive side of the ball, and o- only one football to go around. And it's it's a really a really interesting thought. And Rogers is certainly going to have to handle some conversations, I'm sure, throughout <laughs> the course of the year, as to you know people saying, "Hey, man, I was open. Get me the ball." But really, I if Mike McCarthy just has to be drooling, you know, I I personally am envisioning an imaginative offense with heightened, um, you know, disguise in, in in which the the creativity inside this offense is going to really keep defenses guessing. We we started to see a lot of motion at times last year with uh, especially you know moving uh, moving Jared Cook around, uh, moving moving uh, Ty, uh, Ty Montgomery a bit, moving uh, you know mo- moving Randall Cobb a bunch. What's really exciting right now is the Packers seem to have more versatility on the roster than in past years. You know, Cobb can continue to move around the field as can Montgomery. Uh, what was cool about last year is we really saw Nelson playing in the slot almost as much as he was playing on the outside at times. Um, and then when you look at what Kendricks and Bennett offer as additions, you know, Kendricks, he can be a fullback. He can line up tight to the line of scrimmage. You can move him to the outside of the formation. You can kind of do the same thing with Bennett. And there could be times where the Packers are going to be coming double tight end. And defenses are going to have to shuffle around. Because the two guys that are on, lined up on the perimeter of the offense could be our two tight ends. And how do you just plan for that? And when you see the two tight end for, formation, you know, it used to be, well, you expected a run out of that play, and then it became more of a play-action pass down. And, uh, you know, now with the, just the evolution as to how tight ends are built, you know, you can, you can basically call anything. But the athleticism and the versatility that, Kendricks and Bennett bring I think is just extremely unique and it could bring back uh, you know bring thoughts of potentially having an, a Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez on the field um, uh, type uh, type offense and some toys for Aaron Rodgers to play with and it feels just uh, it feels like this that yes they will certainly um, make sure that they're spreading the football around to keep people on their toes and to keep people satisfied offensively. But I do believe that we have such high character players on this roster that as long as the scoreboard reads Green Bay Packers with more points in the competition, I feel like this locker room is going to stay in lockstep lock with one another. Yeah, you mentioned the guys, the big guys, Martellus Bennett, Lance Kendricks, etc. How about this? I, I'm just throwing this out there. Not that the Packers are going to do this 20 times a game, but how about a formation where you have Ty Montgomery and Randall Cobb in, in, in the backfield at the same time, and they motion out one play, they run a running play the next. Uh, I mean, I, I, it's almost a situation where you might force a team to call a timeout just because they don't know what to do with these guys. Mm-hmm. 
Very, very, very possible. And that's that confusion that I think you're going to see inside the minds of the defensive coordinators. And, you know, just so much to be excited about this year as, you, you know, you head into training camp. And, you know, I'm always sad to see summer go. But uh, it's, uh, you know, it also brings a, a new freshness. And there's such a great spirit right now, it feels like, surrounding the Green Bay Packer organization. And, you know, I know you touched on it a, a show or two ago, but you start hearing about Rodgers uh, extensively talking throughout the offseason about the need, the true desire to have the playoffs go through the Ambo Field. And then you look at uh, uh, the first six games of this year, and the Packers' schedule is really tough getting out of the uh, getting out of the gates. And if somehow they can win for the first six, you like where the buy's at. You like the way the December schedule sets up with five games in December, and all of them look really winnable. Uh, you know, you, you might be able to put yourself in a position to host throughout if you can get out of the gates quick. And a lot of that, I think, is going to depend on the ability of these, of these rookies to make the Im- immediate impact that I think that you and I both believe they will. And for the uh, these veteran leaders that they've added to the roster to be able to fit into the, the, the core of this locker room and to, to truly recreate this team in a way that is going to be uh, be extremely healthy and to keep that window of being a Super Bowl contender wide open. Scott, there's a whole lot more we could have talked about, but unfortunately we're pressed for time. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me this morning, and we'll talk to you again next month, all right? Awesome to hear the voice, Brian. Go Pack Go. Enjoy the remainder of summer, my man. <laughs> Take care. Scott McKenna of the Talk and Smack blog joining us here at Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Glad to have him join us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. And uh, I apologize for, you know, normally we bring on Scott for his monthly engagement, you know, second Friday of every month. We usually talk to him for darn near a half hour because he provides such great insight. Apologize that I couldn't give you more Scott today. Uh, had some technical difficulties early in the show that I had to fix. If you're listening to the live edition, that's why you're wondering, oh, why is it 20 minutes late today? I apologize. I had to fix something that I didn't foresee come up. Um, but anyway, uh, I did the best to bring you a show today, uh, albeit uh, a slightly shorter one. What the hell's going on out here? I'm not going to belabor a lot of points here, um, but, it, you know, some big news since the, the last episode of Railbird Central. Uh, the Packers win three SB awards. Aaron Rodgers wins two of them, the best NFL player award and the best play uh, of all sports uh, for the past calendar year uh, in the, which uh, Rodgers connected with Jared Cook and certainly the entire Packers offense deserves uh, credit for being on, you know, setting that play up. Um, and in addition to that, Jordy Nelson being named the comeback player of the year in the entire world of sports. So congratulations to all of them. The Packers set record revenue uh, as they released their financial data bef- in advance of the uh, upcoming shareholders meeting as they do every year. So good to see that. And uh, some revenue coming in the form of all these relocations that are taking place through across the NFL between the Chargers and the Raiders, et cetera, that, uh, uh, you know, that a relocation fee that all teams are benefiting from. And uh, finally, uh, one last bit of, of news that I guess m- more commentary than anything 
Greg Jennings recently pointed a finger at Packers head coach Mike McCarthy for, you know, failure to close games, I guess you could say. Uh, Greg Jennings during a guest appearance on Fox Sports 1 with uh, Skip Bayless. Uh, it, it kind of, you know, it came out and, and, and blamed Mike McCarthy for some of the Packers' woes. And y- yes, you can certainly take part of what Greg Jennings says and, you know, find some value in that and be like, oh, yeah, he, he does have a point. My opinion on Greg Jennings is that he comes off as such a complete asshole, and I'm sorry if uh, to use that kind of language on the show. I, I normally don't. But, I, I, I mean, he just finds a way of pointing fingers that really comes off as just a a little bit of sour grapes. Um, it, you know, he's he's pointing fingers at Mike McCarthy, and you know he's done it with Aaron Rodgers in the past, uh, and, and you know, kind of blaming Aaron Rodgers for for some of the Packers' fault, and and it it just seems silly to me that the, these are the biggest gripes that. Greg Jennings has with the Packers and they I, I think most people would conclude that they are the reason for maybe the Packers biggest success as well <laughs> this is not to say that Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy are perfect there are certainly times where Mike McCarthy has let the you know uh, pedal off the gas and uh, made some wrong play calls or calls you could disagree about but there are plenty of times over the years, basically, you know, since the beginning of the Mike McCarthy era, uh, we can, we if we look at that time period, and basically was also the beginning of the Greg Jennings era in Green Bay, and th- their time kind of coincided, at least at the beginning. Greg Jennings obviously hasn't been a member of the team for a couple years now. But since the beginning of the Mike McCarthy era, you know, there there have been plenty of times where and I, I think this this will you know uh, seem very familiar to a lot of fans listening out there, where it's the defense that's the issue, right? Uh, <laughs> how many people out there have blamed Dom Capers for the Packers not being able to hold on to a late lead or a, a tie or whatever it is, and the Packers defense is just at fault at the end of the game? You know, I've seen games, plenty of games, where it's the fault that the Packers, you know, couldn't get a running game going. They couldn't grind out the clock, uh, especially in the pre- and post-Eddie Lacy era. Uh, We're entering the post-Eddie Lacy era. But, you know, before the Packers got him, they were kind of just, you know, had such issues at the running back position for a number of years. And... By not saying it's happened a lot of times, but gosh darn it, if I haven't seen a time or two when a wide where a dropped ball by a wide receiver could have been, you know, uh, lengthened a drive in the fourth quarter that didn't because a, a pass was dropped. There are plenty of fingers to be pointed at many different people for the faults that the Packers have, but Greg Jennings somehow seems to. You know, 
point the biggest fingers at the biggest points of success for the Green Bay Packers, Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers, which just baffles me because I thought in his prime, Greg Jennings was a great player, Um, really, really good. I don't know why he he has to single these guys out. And again, I, I can't stress enough, not that they're not above criticism, but the the way Greg Jennings paints the picture is just what you know really seems to me that is is so bizarre for a guy who you know had the the by and large the biggest success of his career. Nobody's remembering Greg Jennings' days with the Minnesota Vikings and Miami Dolphins. They're remembering his time with the Green Bay Packers and 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 these men set him up with a lot of this success uh, that he had, and it, it, it just does baffle me. And so I wanted to touch on that before we move on. The day ahead. It's, the, it's an annual tradition. Uh, Aaron Rodgers competes in the American Century Championship Golf Tournament this weekend, and you can see him all weekend long. Tickets are available in Lake Tahoe, Nevada, but if you can't make it in person, and let's face it, 99.9% of you listening to the show probably can't make it in person, you do have quite a few opportunities to watch Aaron Rodgers this weekend. The tournament runs Friday through Sunday, so Friday evening tonight, the tournament airs on the NBC Sports Network, and then over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, it shifts coverage to NBC, the the flagship over-the-air station, uh, while also being available on the NBC Sports app as well if you want to stream it. Um, so, so there's that going on. Uh, also on Saturday, Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams hosts his second annual youth football camp in his native Palo Alto, California. I saw tickets for that were sold out. But once again, it's just nice to see a player giving back to his hometown. So best of luck to Devontae Adams as he gives back to his community. And events like these, Adams hosting his football camp and Rogers participating in the golf tournament, this just about wraps up their summer vacation. Not long after this weekend, players will start filtering back to Green Bay in advance of training camp. Yes, we still have two weeks, and yes, there will be some guys who just arrive in town, you know, the day before camp starts. But now, you know, basically they enjoy this weekend, I think, and then it's time for them to get to business and and moving back to Green Bay. You know, they probably start, you know, moving, getting some of their clothes ready and and coming back to Green Bay and, and settling into their 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 homes that they have in Wisconsin uh and uh yeah so that that you know training camp is just around the corner and uh it's not going to be here too long um thank you everybody so much for joining us this morning on the show thank you to Scott McKenna the Talk and Smack blog for being our guest our position by position preview series will return on Monday when we preview the Packers running backs Uh, So you can look forward to that, and uh, we'll see you in just a few days. So on behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Caribou. Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. 
We'll see you later, folks. Have a good weekend. We'll be back again shortly. I leave you today with a song called Colorado Bluebird Sky by the String Cheese Incident on Psy Fidelity Records. See ya. Go Pack Go. Headed west on a greyhound Just turn